Hey guys, just Josh here. Welcome to Ballarat Talks. Proudly sponsored by the Region Cinema. Yeah, you, yeah. you were putting the balls on the line there. Yeah, I was. <laughs> <laughs> no, I moved, I moved out of home when I was 14, so it sort of comes really yeah. my face. Hope you enjoyed today's episode, guys, with my very special friend, Todd Sport. Alright, here we go. Today's guest. Wow, let me just crack this open, Toddy, because this man's very special to me. And uh, today, today, a brief introduction. He owns Fitness Avenue. He's been a close friend of mine for 10 years. He's probably not 10 years, probably more so like five years, but knew him from 10 years ago. Um, so he's in the, in the fitness industry. And, and today, downstairs, he's proposing to his girlfriend, long-time girlfriend and Gemma. I'm so fucking pumped up. Thanks, Josh. What an introduction. <laughs> <laughs> you put a fair bit of work into that over the coming days. <laughs> I didn't know we're doing it so soon. Well, mate, we've all been pushed back 24 hours with this recent lockdown, so it is what it is. We're yep. here. We're doing it. We're doing it. Um, yeah, obviously lockdown is tonight, so we're meant to do it Friday night, and um, we had it planned for tea, and then all of a sudden this just hit today, and here we are. Well, even sort of further, we were planning to go to Queensland yeah. on the Sunday as well for, for Gem's 30th birthday. So do you know what, though? Like, I think, um, and this is the bigger picture, like, I'm a bit of a perspective person and um, I, I sort of, I had a feeling this had happened from, from last night, so I was already planning for it, but um, I what, suppose... You changed everything. Pardon? You didn't change everything, though. To what? To, like, already beforehand? No, but I had a f- good feeling last yeah. night that yep. the lockdown would be imminent mm. for today. Um what I'm trying to say is I suppose that it's not the end of the world. No, it's not, mate. So we move on. It's still going to happen today. It's happening, Josh, in about an hour and ten minutes. An hour and ten minutes. We're going to be down Cinema One. This is actually... What met Gemini? Yeah? Well, Cinema One's significant because... Um, well, Gem and I met at the cinema. So I was front of house. She was candy bar. Mm. Uh, she was just 17. I was 19, nearly 20. Illegal. Well... <laughs> Well, no, it's not, is it? Is I, it? I actually haven't thought about oh, it. But, sure. <laughs> but we, um, well, should I talk about, should I talk about this? Yes, 100%. Okay, cool. Yeah. So um, our first date, I was going to a movie with a mate of mine, uh, Trevor Williamson, and we were going to see I Am Legend. Mm, so this is, this is early 2008, maybe back into 2007, and Gem mm. and her friend were there, and... and Gemma and I already spent a bit of time at work together and there was already a bit of banter and whatever else. So, Popping popcorn and stuff or what, you know? No, I, did, I wasn't allowed in the candy bar. Okay. I was strictly front of house, so you're not allowed to go in a candy bar. Yep. Um, but we met in the foyer and it was like, what a coincidence. You're here. Yeah, you're here. Who are you with? Oh, friend, friend, friend. Great. Um, so we ended up going into the cinema separately within our, our friends and then we miraculously sat next to each other As while our friends sat either side. So, oh, it was planned, sure. Well, it, I was sort of keeping an eye out and mm. I made a beeline to where she was and sort of sat pretty close and she was, yeah. In Cinema One? In Cinema One. Wow. And so that's where it's happening. Is that first date or not? I would have thought so. Nah, I wouldn't call that the first date. Why not? Because you, you wasn't planned. Like, it's not a... You were just like... Yeah, but Josh, some things in life aren't planned. Did you kiss her then? No. Didn't think so. <laughs> <laughs> um... Moving on from that for a second, but I want to give people a bit of an introduction to who you are. Uh, I think you're probably the probably the probably the best um, in terms of PT wise 
and highly regarded in town. So if you if you don't know where Fitness Avenue is, it's up near the Arch. Arch, you been there for how long? Nine years. Nine years. Yeah. And I remember Toddy came in. I used to work at Snap, and Toddy came in with Jazz. I can't remember how we first. I can't remember how we first connected. Well, Jared and I joined Snap um, because Snap was the first sort of twenty four hour yeah, yeah. gym in Ballarat. So we were super excited because it was totally new to Ballarat. So we joined, and then you were working there. Yeah. No, I remember. Do you remember the one tip you gave me, which yeah. I have to this day? Ah, uh, no. It's I something don't. you did for me that 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 it stuck. I don't know why it stuck in my head. You always taught me. Hmm. You should have an iPad walking around for your clients' programs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. We have your programs on there. I think I was doing pen and paper at the time, or could have even been like, would have been like, I could have put them up on somewhere, but I wasn't showing people progress. And then you were the one that told me to. Yeah. Grab an iPad, mate. Grab uh, people who has their folder in there, has who they are, what their assessments are. Yeah. And I, yeah, I still remember that for some reason back then. Um, yeah, so Toddy, Toddy grew up in Ballarat, and you were what? A, you'd been in sort of a kilometre realm from where. Yeah, so um, born at Ballarat Base Hospital, moved down to um, Cuthbert's Road, lived there for 25 years, went to primary school at Alfredon Primary School, mm. went to Ballarat High School for secondary school, yep. um, and then went to, I worked at, at the cinema here, yep. um, worked at On Track Personal Fitness, and then went to uh, Mount Helen for uni, yep. uh, then moved out at 25 and moved about a kilometre over the road at um, Insignia. <laughs> so... Uh, I've sort of I've, I've led a life within a very tight pocket. Yeah. Mm. Um, did you what at, at on track? How long are you on track for? Uh, on track for a, a close four or five years. Yeah. Before we decided to go to Fitness Avenue. What's transpired since then in this industry? Do you think? Uh, there's been a lot of changes, and and we're sort of in waves. I think at the moment. Um, when I first started personal training, it was all about service and it didn't matter what equipment you had. It was just good service, good trainers. Yep. Um, and then that 2012-13 wave hit of commercial 24-7 gyms where people were like, wow, for, for less than what we're paying, we can access brand new equipment for mm. 24 hours and have fantastic facilities. And that was a big selling point. But over the course of you know probably four years, it was great. But then people went, well where's the support where are the trainers where where is everyone like i don't actually know this this equipment's great but i don't know how to use it um so i think during that time commercial places and and 24-hour clubs took a big spike they went really really well and then f45 was born and those sort of service-based program sessions coaching was applied um and i think we've seen a bit of a shift with competing as well with amateur bodybuilding i think there's of, bit of a shift in that I think it's actually starting to decline now I agree I, I think so too I think people are um, a little more aware on what it actually entails yep. post show I yep. mean going into the show is great but then yep. post show people are aware on how dangerous and serious it is yep. um, if you are competing um, don't, don't get, get too scared but, heart. Yeah, <laughs> but um, it, it, look it can be a big spiral that people aren't aware of until they finish their, their show yep. um, but yeah sort of going back to your point I think there's been waves in the fitness industry and I think at the moment um, people are looking to get a combination of having access to great gyms like Iron Oak and the Playground, Saw 24-7 and Origin. (laughs) But also too, like I think people actually want to have the support and commitment from a trainer Mm. as well as having a space where they can train openly when they choose. Yeah. How many many clients do a week? Clients or sessions? Ah, sessions. Um, Depends, Josh, I think. Cancellations are a funny one. Some weeks I'll have, you know, a set cancellation. It's like there's something in the air, but I would guess around sort of 55 to 60 sessions a week. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of, a lot of hours. Yeah. But um, you've got a good bunch. Like, I feel like 
Um, like every time I've met somebody in there, they've always been. But they're, they're very. A lot of them are pretty driven based. I think. You think? Well, well, they are. I think too. So, like, it, it, people sort of come and go, but the ones who stay around are the ones who um, probably fit the culture as well. I, I'm a fun person to be around, but I also take it seriously as well, and I do. It does, actually, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, I really rate Toddy, like I said, but... Um, where, how did you get into the fitness stuff, though? What was... Well, year 12, I was all set to be a builder. That was my thing, but I wanted to finish year 12. I, I've always felt like year 12 was your first test. You know, you get through year 12, and then you can look at your life. You're 17, 18 years old, and if you want to start an apprenticeship, you're still young. If you want to go to uni, you're still young. At 17, 18 years old, I think that it's an important part to finish year 12 and then re-establish yourself and look at what you want to do. That was an important part for me. Um, My final uh, week of year 12, I had a a meeting with my careers teacher and, yeah, I just sort of wasn't sure on being a builder. I probably thought a bit more about the lifestyle and what I was actually getting myself in for and um, I was all set to go and I'd spoken with a builder in Ballarat and an apprenticeship looked likely, mm. but there was just something about it that didn't inspire me to leave school to do because I loved school. It's a hard work, mate, I reckon. Hard work to be built on. <laughs> I'm extremely <laughs> handy, thanks, mate. You, can see actually, you should see his backyard, actually. It's not bad. So I think um, when I'd sat down with um, Mrs. Phillips and said, um, I actually don't think I want to be a builder, and she said, well, what do you like doing? And at that time, I'd sort of gone from being a pretty overweight teenager into... Um, I'd lost a bit of weight sort of through high school and I did that through the gym and, and I, I realised that that was something that I really loved doing and I, I felt like I could help others and, and because I was always, and it's obviously still am a people person, I thought I could apply that in a, a, a gym sense. I, I didn't really know what a fitness trainer or a personal trainer would do but it was something that I was really inspired to look at and I looked at it and, um, yeah, it's it's sort of evolved ever since. Is that how do you meet Jared? Well, Jared um, was one of the senior trainers at On Track. Ah, uh, yeah. So yeah. I sort of walked into On Track as a 19 year old, pretty sort of confident, mm. cocky boot camp instructor. Um, and that was it. And sort of within six months, I managed to develop the biggest client list, um, which probably at the time the others didn't like as much because I was a bit, I was a bit ruthless with my approach. It was all about. Um, providing a service and crawling over the top of people. If people weren't doing a good job, I would. Yeah, you're pretty... Uh, I find you... You I think you can't hold your tongue on things like that. If someone's not doing something right... Well, I just feel like if someone's in a position where they're giving money for something, yeah, that they deserve to have the, the best service available. And, I, and that sits... And it, it, it always frustrates me when I see it and I feel like people are being taken advantage for. Okay. Of. Yeah. Mm. So did we get any trouble? Uh, definitely. Has? Yeah, well, trainers would go away and I would see some of their clients and they get back. And they've got to stay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> not ideal. Uh, no, not ideal. Um, now, you are having a kid. Yeah, so I'm not. Gemma is. Well, yeah, he gets all that political on words. It bothers me. Yeah, well, sorry. Gemma's having a baby. She is, Josh, yeah. yeah. Um, that Todd has... Um, being a part of being a part of that's what I'm after there we mm. go is that alright political sense that's fine there we go how are you feeling uh, I'm excited I think it's been a wave again um, with finding out and then sort of mm. keeping it between Gemma and I and, and then sort of releasing it to like people within our close circle and Stuff. then finally exploring the idea of 
being a parent has been yeah it's it's exciting but it's also a little bit daunting because I don't really know what I'm up against you were there um, when I had my kid I remember it was I was still got the, the, the fantastic memories so I was in cloud nine so yeah. I had oh sorry not my kid when Taylor had our kid Toddy yes um, <laughs> <laughs> um, young Willow we it was like obviously a full on experience but I was on cloud nine after after it you got this yeah. little baby there and it's just like holy shit like you, you made that together sort of thing and um, you picked me up and it was Taylor's birthday the next day and you, you, you helped me go around to get some I didn't know what we got she wasn't allowed out so I think we we got some balloons. The supermarket. We bought a um, basket of snacks and balloons and <laughs> random birthday confectionaries and yep. put it pack together. Yeah, put it back together and trying to drive me back there. But uh, yeah, great memories. But I'm I'm so excited for you to have it. I think I think I think when you say to me, well, I said to you that things weren't going to change much, which I definitely have, but. Um, I feel like you might get a rude, a rude awakening from it. Great. Well, I'm just <laughs> what's, what's the lead to that? Hey. What's the lead to that? What do you mean? I, I, I just feel like... Well, of course so I, I will. I mean, obviously, I've, I've been able to live a life up mm. until this age of pretty much choosing what I want to do and when I do it. So mm. it, it's it's selfish. I mean, um, you know, my working week and commitments with footy, yeah. I'm, I'm away from home for, for a massive part of the week. Yeah. So I think that um, probably needs to be looked at because... Um, yeah, there's there's moments, and you could probably speak about them. Like I'm sure that that 100% of parents uh, would say how quickly their child grows and develops, and and you know they love those early stages. So I, I think that um, I'll probably have to adjust a lot of the things that I do and, and how I spend my time because you don't get more time. We've we've all got mm. the same amount of time per week, so it's just where I divide it. Yeah. Do you think you'll stop footy or not? No, I won't. Um, no, the the football club. Is, you love it. I know how much you love it. Yeah, I do love it. Um, the football club is a very, very big part of my life and identity, and um, it's something that would be the last to go. So Gemma goes before that? Or? Yeah, I'll probably have to reword that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just... It's, um, I mean, you've been involved in a footy club. You, mm. you, it's, a, it, it's a culture thing. It's the people. It's... I mean, you walk in, you walk in mate, and, and you're just a part of it, and uh, it's it's wonderful. It's well, it's great. Yeah. Um, are you... What, what's happening this weekend, actually, with COVID stuff? Yeah, so we'll miss this week. All, all BFL clubs will miss this week and all um, local sport will miss. Yeah. Uh, the, the BFL, we've, we've got to buy... The BFL's got to buy for, for the Queen's birthday, so June 12th. So they're discussing potentially whether or not this round currently will be moved into that yeah. round, which makes a lot of sense. But um, obviously, look, it just depends on further cases. Do you reckon it'll be two weeks or not? The lockdown? Yeah. Uh, no, I think it'll be seven days. Seven days? Mm. Yeah. So, um, I was actually discussing with Toddy the other day about his... He's a run, he, he does the running at these points. So, these boys, they're pretty passionate. Like, Toddy's very passionate about what he does and puts everything into it. And how many Ks did you say you ran on Saturday? Was it 11 or something? Oh, Saturday was about nine. Nine. But, um, yeah, I, I think the record, um, the boys will give me a bit of hard time about this was 13 k's it was against Sebas 2019 why 13 what were you doing well I was the only runner on that particular day so for most of 2019 I was I was the only runner I thought you were allowed one no there's two no it might be two I thought it was maybe two for finals and the other no two two for BFL yep oh but other leagues not sure I feel like we used to be one probably yeah 
Well, it's damned it. <laughs> Why do you want to say that? <laughs> it definitely is. Um, do you... Are you doing much running at the moment, though? With Stuff. my own training? Yeah. Break, break, break down your training for me at the moment. Well, mate, at the moment, no. And, and this is sort of funny. I think with lockdown last year... Um, I was still weight training, but I was like, actually, I think I want to get back into like some serious running. So, you and I ran early together. Um, oh, the one k, the one k is. Well, it was building up some tolerance to the one k's, and then I just extended those distances out to one point fives, and then multiples of, mm. and then like hard laps, so sort of hard six k bursts, tough. and then sort of the progression was that, with that was to sort of try and hold that k pace for you know eight or nine k's, which I sort of got up to, but. Um, that was a bit of fun and it was something to take my mind off it. Running requires time and mindset and effort and up until today with such big workloads, I've only been sort of fitting in sort of a daily workout a week, yeah. uh, pardon me, a daily workout a day and it yeah. doesn't quite allow for that sort of time for running or I haven't allowed the time. You can't really, the thing I struggle with is if you go to do this running session or whatever, then go into clients. Oh, it's bad. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. And you, I mean, you jumped in the lake that, what the Had to. Jumped in the lake for... I had to. We did a session, you jumped in the lake and you smelled like shit. From didn't, the lake? Yeah. Didn't yeah. you go straight back to the sessions? Oh, probably. I think. From memory? <laughs> I can't I remember. I can't remember what the session was. What were we doing? Oh. It was it a hot day. Been, it could have just been a straight six. No. No, no, no. We were doing... Um, With Ando? No. Circuit training. And you said we're going to swim across. Oh, that's right. And I said I'm not swimming. You can't swim. I'm not a real good swimmer, no. So I swam across the... Um, I think I said I'll run. Do you know what? I'll be honest. I'm a, like, I don't mind myself as a swimmer. <laughs> I don't mind myself as a bloke. I got halfway and I thought, geez, it's a long way. It was a long way. So it's a big swim. It doesn't look that long, though. It's like it might be... Mm, Cutting across, no. It's, it's between where the Olympic rings are and... No, like further around where the spit is. So for boat race with the spit, over to the first point. So it was about a... 600 metre swim. No, it wasn't. 600? Would it be? No. Way. It would have been like 200. We well, didn't swim it. Three, no, I ran it, but it would have been 200. Give or take a couple hundred. Yeah, yeah we'll give or take a couple. Um, how's Gemma going with everything? Uh, she's been good, mate. She's been lucky in, in a sick. sense of not sick once. So she she's had a pretty... Um, yeah, cruisy experience so far. Yeah. And obviously what... the, the, there's some body changes and, and, and those sort of things. There's no question there. But as far as being sick and, and unwell, at times Jem's been um, a bit lower of energy. But other than that, Josh, you wouldn't sort of know much difference. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, there's a lot of actually guys in the gym at the moment tell me about their, their partners real bad. Yeah. Like, like I, and you don't hear about all this stuff until... It yeah. starts happening to you sort of thing. But also too, like it's not a composite competition. Like some women experience pregnancy completely different. So I think the pressure to... I mean, Gemma's been lucky. It's, it's all it is. It's luck. It's, oh, 100%. It, it's yeah. not that, the, you know, the, the women who are unwell, they're doing something wrong. That, that it's just the way their bodies responded to the pregnancy. So yeah. I think that the, the pressure or the stigma starts early. Like if, if, um, if you're sick every day, then, you know, you're obviously feeling terrible. So I think every pregnancy is different. And, and Gemma's just been lucky to, um, yeah, get the, good, get the good end, I suppose. Absolutely. How do you, how do you think you guys are that? Um, I think I'll go really well. I, I mean, I, I love kids. And, and as you know, I've got a, mm. a very strong relationship with my two nephews. Loves them. But even still, like my, um, my sister and I were the first grandkids. And then my, my very first cousin was born when I was 15. So 
Thomas, who now plays for East Point under-19s, and his little brother, Mitchell. Mm. Um, so fr- from probably 15 years old, I, I had babies around. Um, yep. And then I had some other cousins born since. So babies aren't a foreign thing for me whatsoever. And then with my nephews. But I think um, the big difference is that, you know, you, you get to have fun and then you go home and then you, you walk into your house and everything's pristine and beautiful and, and well-lit and, yep. and everything's nice how you left it. But I think the thing that I'll probably struggle with most is, is like, mess and, and toys in... In like, for me, the idea of a toy visible in my space is is like stressful. A to- so, a toy. Well, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're gonna get in trouble there. Yeah, big time. So I've got a few ideas, but will you get will you get up at night or not? Do you think? Pardon? Will you get up at night and help for what? The baby. Definitely. Okay. Definitely. Time will tell. No, oh, mate. Happy to check in. <laughs> I'll check in with you. Um, righto, Toddy. Yes. I didn't send you these, obviously, the other day, yep. because I didn't. I was going to send them to you today, but we weren't sure what was happening. No. So, what's something that uh, someone would be surprised to know about you? Uh, someone would be surprised to know that... Um, uh, hang on, I'm going to stop you. Okay. Before you say it. Sure. I think I know what you should say, and I hope you do say it. Right. Because it made me like emotional last time I heard you say this on a... That you told these yeah. points. Will you oh, talk look, about that or not? I'm happy to go there. Yeah, I, I think um, the, the 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 thing that people don't know about me is probably a little bit more about my upbringing mm. being from a single... Like my mother being a single mother and my complete absence in terms of a father. Yep. Um, it's something that I've lived with and it's been a part of my life. So it, it doesn't sit as strongly as it did with you that time because you probably didn't quite know just how absent it, that role was from my life. Um, but it's, it's something that I'm completely okay with and um, it doesn't impact me. Do you know what you said to me um, when I asked you about it? When no. I felt like I felt, I felt so, I felt emotional like talking about it only because I thought of what I, if, if I had uh, missed out with my dad and how that would have affected you or like in that way. And you just said, well, I don't know any different, mate. Which is, True. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. but it, like it's still, yeah. But I think too, mate. If if you if you've never had it, you don't know what you're missing. Yeah, well, that's um, true too. so I, I, I'm yet to meet anyone who has had, um, um, with respect to everyone that I've spoken with, <laughs> I'm yet to meet meet anyone who's had a mother like my mother, um, and what she's been able to sacrifice for my sister and I, and how. Um, smooth and beautiful she made our childhood and, and what she went without so we didn't so I think that in itself probably allowed Brooke and I to have a, a, a really nice childhood um, probably missing a father role at times you footy training and you know Father's Day and those sort of awkward times but other than that it was very smooth sailing we, we, we didn't go without When did you realise that that was the case, like that your mum... That he wasn't, that he wasn't there. No. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> don't make a joke out this. No, sorry. When, 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 when did you realise that you, like, say you got to 20 years old yeah. and you thought to yourself, shit, my mum did all that for me? No, I knew very early. Did you? Yeah. I just, I saw mum, and I've always been a good observer, I, I always would see mum sacrifice things that she would do and, and um, where she would put her money, which was in to Brooke and I. Yeah. And I would sort of compare it at times back to what my mate's mothers were doing and 
like I'd, I'd say to mum, you know, why, like, geez, like, don't you like shopping and nice stuff? And mum would be like, no, I'm not really, mate. I'm not really like that. Whereas she did. Yeah. Everyone likes like, like nice stuff, but mum just didn't have any money to buy it. So yeah. um, she would always fabricate it so Brooke and I felt safe and that we weren't in any financial pressure at all times. Like, um, we would always, um, we would always, Brooke and I would get things around my mother's birthday, which was always unusual, but it was because, um, family and sort of closer friends would give mum money. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it took a little while to work out what mum was doing there, but there was a method to her madness because, you know, she got money in and she bought Brooke and I stuff. It was cool. Yeah, it's awesome. But you sort of get to a point where you realise that, um, it was her birthday money. Whoops. (laughs) Thanks, Mum. Yeah, that's thanks for sharing that, Toddy. Um, what do you love most, mate? Um, Apart from family. What do I love most? I love. I love life and how it allows me to choose what I do with my time. So, I have a I have a job. I have close mates. I have a beautiful relationship, and 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 all of those things um, are so important to me because. They are where I spend most of my time. That's why the footy club's so important to me because I'm spending the time there because I know it makes me feel a certain way. So I've only ever done things that I like or love doing and, and that probably doesn't always allow you to explore and develop and, and try new things. But what it does allow is you to lead a pretty happy life, yeah. which I'm very grateful for, but it's not just all me. It's those who I surround myself with as well. I sort of lost a lot of contact from high school mates over the time, but it was just because they didn't quite align with what I, what I was and what I wanted to do. So I was like, well, probably the only logical thing is to, you know, spe- spend less time with them. Do you, spend, do you reckon you have more acquaintances or more mates? You know how you've got like... Oh. So I like to think that I don't... I've got a lot of friends, but there's only a handful of people that I spend a lot of time with. Yeah, I, I think everyone's probably similar. Like, we all know a lot of people, but there's probably few people who you would go to for certain things. Yeah. Um, like, obviously, you know, you know yourself, mate, being a personal trainer in a place like Ballarat, you know, you've trained 500 people and, and they've all told 10 people who you are and, and you're always pretty well known. So you've got a great circle of people um, in, you know, a big spread of, of industries, but um, you're probably only close with the same amount as anyone. So, yeah, yeah I, I think like, yes, I've got a big network, but the people who I sort of trust and, and confide in the most are the ones who are sort of closest to me, which is a small handful. Mm, definitely. What are you most afraid of? Um, mice. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't there a mice plague in Ballarat at the moment? No, nah, it's in. It's further up. No, um, it's not, mate. I think it's in Ballarat. It's I not in Ballarat. The lady in front of my house is struggling with it at the moment. Good. Really bad. Well, I've had my house mouse proof, so it's impossible for me to get a mouse inside. What do you got? Rat sack. No. I that with a baby. No, they <laughs> when they it doesn't. It's not even worth talking about. They, I'm just not gonna have a mouse inside. <laughs> They, they put these things in all the brick spaces. I don't know what they're called, but all, where they leave the spaces in the brick, they're all chopped up. What? Like with a um, repellent. No, like with a like a like a like a guard, like a mouse guard. I don't know what they call it, Josh. I'm not a professional, but oh, all mouse, I know a mouse trap. A mouse. No, it just mice can't get in, but it, it still lets air into the bricks. What about under the under the door? No, they've got all um, things on the front of them. Eight years, mate. Touch wood. I think you're living. Um, I think you're living. No, what am I most afraid of? Um, I'm most afraid of. Um, I'm most afraid of being unhappy 
but that's like I, I, I really think I, I, I can't see that happening because I, I only surround myself with things that make me happy and there's, there's quite a few things that I do that tick those boxes so unless for some reason um, other than COVID they all fell over yep. which I can't see happening I, I think that I will always remain quite a happy and, and optimistic person uh, what's, what's something someone said to you in life that's just stuck with you? Um, this is a this is a pretty big one. Um, so one of my first clients at On Track, he was an advocate for mental health, mm. and he had a couple of his mates pass away from suicide. And he said to me once, um, it was after it was after a mum from school where his kids went to school. She took her own life, and he came up and he was pretty upset and pretty distraught about it. And he said to me. He's like, Toddy, nothing is ever that bad. And it just so happens that he, in fact, fell down the path of depression and took his own life. So wow. I think it's a, it's a pretty laid one, mate, because like at the time he was delivering a message which everyone agrees with of nothing's ever that bad. And, you know, obviously the four points of that is that there's always help and there's always someone you can talk to and never be alone. But I think it shows how serious depression is that it even got a hold of him. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm by no stretch of the imagination. I've, I've never been depressed. I've never felt that way. I'm very fortunate. Um, but knowing that if I ever felt like I was up against the wall that I would seek help because it, it does take anyone. Yeah. Um, and I think the important part to that message from, from him was that um, he, at the time, was bulletproof, and we all thought that, yeah. uh, and it got a hold of him and took him. So you didn't know anything before that, like when he was talking about it? You no, at the time, he was completely fine, and um, he was, yeah, who you would expect to be the last person to take their life. So when he would speak that way, it would be like, um, you know, I'd take it on board of like, yeah, look, there is no chance it would ever happen to me and those sort of things but then seeing him deteriorate with depression and then take his own life um over the course of about six months probably reinforced how serious depression is so i, I think that if i was ever up up against the wall i felt like i was getting close that i would seek help because of that far out how old were you then uh 22 yeah so it probably it wouldn't have been talked about much then though no so it was actually um he took his life on the 26th of May, 2012. And um, I trained him for probably three years leading up to that. And we developed a really strong connection and, and not just in the gym, like we train all the time. And I remember very early on, um, our pay didn't go through from work. And I was talking to the um, guy who was a personal trainer as well at On Track. And I was like, oh, you know, haven't been paid, you know, shit, all this sort of stuff. And I didn't realize, but Mike could hear in the shower and yep. he come out and he had and back then like we were like on track on track was paid um from clients and then we were paid from on track but gotcha. yep. so we would never handle money or any tra any transaction so mike gave me about 500 bucks in cash like a handful of 50s and he goes see you monday and i was like no 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 what's this and he goes see you monday and i was like mate please i don't you know want your money he's like see you monday and I was like, righto. So I didn't spend the money. I actually held onto it and then gave it back to him Monday. And I said, oh, thanks, mate. Got me through. But he, um, like, he was such a close person to me in my life. And, and we went to the Foo Fighters together. And um, 
he was building Bunnings at the time, so we flew over to Echuca and um, had the day in Echuca and we'd go to Melbourne and I'd pick him up and drive him places. Like, we had such a unique relationship away from being a client and that's probably when I thought that, you know, personal training, it's all well and good to have your clients in the gym, but that potentially can transpire into bigger relationships outside the space and I've always put a lot of time into my clients um, and my relationships uh, outside the gym and, yeah, that, that in a sense sort of develops such a strong connection so like my retention in the gym like i would have i'd have eight to ten clients who have been with me for 10 years plus yeah um and i, I think that's why i think mike mike taught me how to develop a, a business and, and and like a business relationship but then how to be a real person around your clients as well that's a, i think that's apart from the training like you've obviously got to know what to do with the training but i think that relationships are everything with it like you can't if you get somebody that knows everything, and I know so many guys that are so good at what they do, but they just forget the, mm. they just lack the, um, the rapport. Pop, rapport, yeah. Well, I think every everyone's an expert, and all personal trainers know how to squat and bench press, but there's a bit more to it than that. Yeah, hundred percent. Thanks for sharing that, Toddy. No worries, mate. Happy <laughs> <That's> <laughs> to throw that to you. Know that one, far out. Um, last one, Toddy, before we. Uh, Head downstairs, mate. Are you getting a bit nervous? Um, yeah. You are? Yeah, I am a bit, actually. I'm pumped. I'm so excited. Good. That's just she said no. That's <laughs> joking. You're the worst mate ever. <laughs> I'm joking. Calm down. Uh, who do you want to send the podcast next? Ah, who do I want to send the podcast next? Mm. Um, this is a really interesting one, and I think from, from sort of my perspective, I'd love to get somebody in who could give a bit of an insight away from um, the general stereotype and I, I think that the best people who could deliver that would be um, women in positions of, of, of business or power whether it be a power of being a mother of five or a power of being you know a CEO of a, of a business so my call out to you mate is, is, is to get a woman in here who has been successful in her own way because I think that women are the key to hold uh, or women hold the key um, in, in, in terms of they are biologically wired to be stronger than us. And, um, yeah, I think there's a bit more to it. Would you have a name for me? Um, not that I'd be prepared to give out before I spoke to her, but no, I do. Throw, throw it out. After the podcast. Nah, throw it out. Definitely not. No? No. Do you try it Yes. All right, talk after this. Okay, sure. Um, thanks, Toddy. Appreciate Thank you, time, Josh. Thank you, Josh. We'll call it there. We let... We're going to cheers to a fireball. Cheers, I'm excited. Cheers, mate. Oh, this won't put me over, will it? <laughs> no, it won't. I've been here for an hour. You'll be right. Mm. <coughs> Ooh. Sweet cinnamon. Cheers to get you. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Just like to... Um, can, I, can I actually finish with something? You can finish, Tony. Finish Just sort of want to say, Josh... Um, I'm no stranger of my feelings and emotions and, and uh, for the mate that you are and for what you sacrifice for me and everyone in your circle, you're an inspiration and I genuinely love you. <laughs> you cry. No, no, <laughs> oh, don't say that. I'm sorry, it's I'm on sorry, video, sorry. I'm not. <laughs> no worries at all, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for tuning in, team. Once again, would appreciate any reviews you've got down below. Have a great day.